Okay. All right. Well, we're praying for all of y'all and your whole family. Um, also, Diane, do we know anything on that? She's um, at UT Southwest right now. They're not sure that they can do the surgery because of the infection that she has yeah. in the kidney that has the tumor in. Mm. So until they can clear that, then she can have the surgery. She went to Paris yesterday. They rushed her to Paris yesterday. And then today they transferred her to Southwest. Right. We'll be praying for her. And how's, how's Matthew doing? Matthew's doing much better. It's going to take him a couple of days to get back. But with no damage? Well, they don't know yet. Yeah. Well, That's we're praying that. Right. We're praying that everything's good there. He hasn't been very well, you know, for a while. He's had different things going on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just not sure what's going on. Right. You need to pray for this help. Yeah. Amen. Um, Adriana, the girl comes with Jackie. Um, just I, I just asked him, I guess you, I guess it was in the text that Erica gave today where they said they thought it was it may have been a heart issue. So they're gonna try to figure that out. I don't know. I just I, first thing goes in my mind is wonder how many vaccines and boosters and whatnot. You know, when you hear heart issues in a young person, that's the first thing anymore as you think is, did you get shots and all that, and now you got blood clots? Hopefully not. Y'all pray that, that that's not the case with her. Um, also, remember, pray for the little boy Benjamin um, that uh, had the infection. That's doing better, and I hadn't heard anything since, but let's remember to pray for him. And also, y'all please pray for my aunt. She's apparently at death's door. She's not far off from it. And uh, they said that she stopped drinking and eating. And um, so she's just kind of waiting. So y'all please pray for her and pray for our family. And uh, pray for huh? Yeah, what I was going to say, pray for her daughter. Because she's, you know, she's she's in a uh, assisted care, assisted living facility and a nursing home. Yeah, and... Uh, that's that's pretty much the end of the road for her. She ain't gonna have anywhere else to go after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she's a couple years older than mom, right? But uh, all of them, all of them living up to this point. So, but please pray. And and you know she's she's been her husband passed away when I was thirteen. He was a police officer. He was killed in line of duty in Dallas, and and she never did remarry. She's been on her own since then. Since I was 13, so I'm sure she's ready to go home and see him. So y'all just pray for her. Pray for God, give her ease of passing and comfort for everybody else involved. Any other prayer requests tonight? Yes, Miss Sharp. My help. Your help. All right. All right. Anybody else? Anything else? You need some prayer tonight. He was doing pretty good. Praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need prayers tonight. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> well. Might as well get them. I don't think they won't. They won't. It won't cost you anything to get in some prayer. So we'll 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 throw you in there. Just a blessing to share that. I went to the doctor the other day over the shoulder. He basically said that I was pretty fantastic. Wonderful. Um, I can start screaming so they didn't do that. But he said, you know, really, he said you're doing great. Wonderful. You know that comes with. The right doctor and a lot of prayer. Amen. 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 All right. Well, praise God. Let's 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 get ready to get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. Before we do, before we pray, uh, can you get happy birthday for me one time? Okay. Doc's <laughs> gonna get out of it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. God bless you, Barry. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask God to meet with all these requests, all these needs tonight. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You may say it.
number 57. 57 at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me, he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my soul can only say of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that true salvation planned. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty cross that God did back at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Amen. Turn to 506. <clears throat> 506. And just so you know, the one after that will be 507, so you won't have to close your book. <laughs> Blessed Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. Perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, ring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. And right across the page, come thou fount of every blessing. 
And, Lord, reprove whatever needs to be done. I just ask you to use me tonight. Lord, I know that I'm nothing without you, and I humble myself before your throne, and I ask you to fill me and speak through me, Lord, because if you don't, it won't happen. Lord, I just pray tonight that you take control. Use me for your honor and glory, and I'll thank you ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, verse 11 is where we're going to start off tonight. Last week, we ended up talking about how man treats his animals. And we discovered that God God is not necessarily an environmentalist. Well, I guess you would say he is. He created the whole environment. But God is not one of these PETA people, but he certainly wants a man to treat his animal right. Amen? God's not God's not a left-winger. God's not gone, got off his rocker. He, he's, he's for people eating animals. But he just wants you to treat them right. He just wants you to be to be as kind to them as you would anybody else. Amen. Treat them. Hey, they got feelings too. Amen. And uh, but anyway, we got past that. We're in verse eleven tonight. So let's look at that. And it says, "He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding." He that he that till first let's look at that. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. It, it's wise for a man to mind his business and earn an honest living. It, for that's the way that 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 by the blessing of God to have a, a livelihood. You, you just you just you set out to earn an honest le- living and and tilling the land is what it's what God's saying here. If you want to have a if you want to have a, a honest living, get out there and and, and Break up your land and plant some stuff, God's saying. Uh, you know, because when a man gets out there and busts up his land and, and plants stuff there, I mean, he's not going to go hungry. That's honest living. By the sweat of, sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. That's what the Bible says. That's what God intended. And, uh, you know, we've gotten away from that. We, we, were, we were an agrarian society for a long, long time in America. But we, America has gotten away from that. We're a, we're a prepackaged, processed microwavable society anymore and it hasn't been for the better we have convinced ourselves to into sickness and and all kinds of bad things and you know god god's way is right it's always been right and it'll always be right you know again what what does killing your bread your land do it, it, it'll fill your stomach it'll give you food uh i'm going to be satisfied with bread the the uh the israelites they, they usually they usually uh, bake bread from barley and uh, you know that was a staple in their diet, but um, you know he's using this. He says he that he that if you till your land, if you get out there and you work, and you plant your stuff, and, you know you'll you'll harvest a crop in, and you'll you'll have what you need. But you know the opposite of that, the contrast to that, is scheming to try to get rich, or waiting for your ship to come in, or getting in some pyramid scheme trying to trying to turn a quick buck. I mean. You know, that's the opposite of that. He that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Um, he's talking about he's talking about frivolity, empty-headed fantasies that won't produce anything. I, again, I I remember one time my brother got an Excel telephone. Uh, y'all remember that name? And I, I think I've told you this before, but he said, "Come by, I want to tell you about this great thing I just got into." I went around and talked to him, and he said. He said, "This is. I'm gonna be rich, man. I'm gonna be rich." He said. He said, "You know, my sponsor. He told me I need to. I need to drive around the parking lot of these uh, new, of these, of these car places and start looking at trucks and picking out one. And you know, that thing went. That thing went down like a lead balloon. It didn't last long at all. But that, that quick. It's that idea of quick money that, that people get sucked into nowadays on the internet. It's how to stay home like eighty thousand dollars a month. You know, everybody's got a way to do that now on the internet. And uh, I see it all the time." But uh, they call it a side hustle. Ain't no way you can make eighty thousand dollars on the side nowhere. It's just not not right. You might could do it, but it wouldn't be legal. But the Bible t- keeps telling us the same theme about tilling your land. In chapter twenty-eight, of course, we got a ways before we get there. But verse nineteen, it says, "He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth, followeth after vain persons shall have poverty." Enough. Again, he contrasts that with following after vain persons. 
You know, vain persons, people ain't got to lick a sense. They're empty-headed. Kind of the way our politicians are that are trying to run foreign policy and things that are coming in this country. Uh, kind of the way Bill Gates is trying to get rid of cow flatulence and, and uh, buying up all the farmland. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's creating poverty. It's creating uh, famine on, on purpose, trying to drain the systems. You know, these are vain people. These people in government that, that are trying to manipulate the markets in order to cause strain on the American people. It's criminal is what it is. And, again, people people who follow after those vain people, the Bible says you'll have poverty enough. But but versus people that got enough sense to know God, hey, God, give us these things that create seeds, and, and the seeds that make more seeds, you can even, hey, you're the one out. You're going to have way more if you just say you seed. I mean, God God's economy works, but man's economy is foolish. Um, the second half of that verse says, well, Hang on. I was going to read you this quote. It says, "It says, uh, keep your shop, and your shop will keep you. Thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands." If we, if we'll just, if we'll just use the common sense that God has given us, we'll have stuff. I mean, Bonnie's got chickens. Shouldn't tell that everybody wants chicken. It wants eggs, but, but uh, you know, she's smart to have chickens, man. And thanks. I mean, they wasn't they wasn't that expensive when you got them. But, I mean, it's paying off now for sure, you know. I mean, it, it pays to, to live the country life. God God never intended for man to live the city life where everybody has to depend on a grocery store or has to depend on, on you know, some way or another, uh, somebody else to take care of them. You know, God wants us to have enough sense to take care of ourselves. But I'm going to move on from this thought. But anyway, it says, He that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. I mean, again, think about it. It's kind of foolish to neglect your business. And those that are void of understanding do, and then they fall in with other like-minded people and follow them in their evil ways and wind up broke with no way to feed or provide for themselves and, and make themselves a burden to somebody else, taking the bread out of somebody else's mouth. Now, that's, that's a person void of understanding, can't take care of themselves, and they end, up, they end up hurting somebody else in the process. Somebody said, the lazy wait for the good idea. The wise grasp the plow. They don't wait. You go hungry waiting on something to happen. Now, you know, God would have us to, to, to be studious and, and work hard with our hands. Wishing is no substitute for diligence. Proverbs 13, 4 says, the soul of the sluggard desireth. Lazy man, lazy man. I said, boy, I sure would like to have me a hamburger. I mean, half nothing. Because wishes don't get you much, do they? No, they say if what? Wish, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. And then what that saying, how that saying goes? You know, wishes don't buy much. you got to get up and do something. But the Bible says, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Wishing leaves the sluggard's belly empty. Hard work fills the stomach of the diligent. And it talks about with a, with a fatness. Says the soul of the diligent should be made fat, you know. And we look at that, and I know in America, in this American culture, we think, well, that's all horrible. You're a bunch of fat people. But understand something: fatness in virtually every other culture on earth is treated as a sign uh, of blessing and prosperity. Oh, you have enough that you're plump. Oh, you're blessed, aren't you? That's the way they look at in other parts of the world. Here it's just like, well, you're lazy and eat junk food, aren't you? I mean, but in other places, it's not that viewed the same way. Again, when God's word says the soul of diligence will be made fat, that means they'll be blessed and they'll have abundance and have all that they need. Uh, but, but laziness, the Bible says, casts you into deep sleep. Proverbs 19:15 says, slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. And an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Deep sleep's the wrong posture if you're trying to earn a living. If you're trying to feed your family. It makes you useless. It only it's only products may be delusional dreams and waking up hungry. That's the only thing that's gonna produce is, is deep sleep all the time. Uh, verse twelve. Verse twelve said the wicked Desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous 
yield its fruit. Let's break it down. First part of it, the wicked desireth the net of evil men. What are the concerns and the desires of the evil man, a wicked man? He wants to do wickedness, right? That's that's all he thinks about. He's a wicked man. That's all he cares about. He wants to do mischief. The Bible said he desires the net of evil men. It's like he's saying, you know, I wish I was as sneaky and as slick as old so-and-so. Man, if I, if I was as slick as him, I could really, I could really rip some people off. I could really, I could really make me some money pretty easy. You know, I, I wish I was convinced in my con as he is running his. You know, I, I'd be able to sway people more easily and be able to take more advantage more effectively. Man, that's the way I wish. I wish I, wish I was as, as good a con guy as that guy. That's. That's what he's saying here. He desires the net of evil men. He wants to be able to do like they do. He desires the stronghold or the fortress of evil men. And he wants to be secure in doing his mischief. He wants to feel good about what he's doing. And he, he wants to be able to be so good at it that it won't he won't end up getting caught in it because anybody who's who's doing wrong, anybody who's a criminal, it's, it's, it should be obvious to them that people get caught doing that and they go to jail. So, you know, if you're in that line of work, you better be good at it. You better be real good at it. You better desire the you better desire to be the best because you know what? It don't take long till all that comes to an end because the wicked man gets caught in his own web, he gets caught in his own net. But the second half of that verse says, But the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. The root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. We talked about the concerns of a wicked man. He wants to he wants to be more wicked. He wants to do more wickedly. But the concerns and the desires of a good man, well, he wants to do right. He wants righteousness. The Bible says he has a root. You know that root. That root goes deep, and that root is what yields the fruit. If you're rooted in wickedness, your fruit's going to be wickedness. But if you're rooted in righteousness, the fruit that you produce is going to be righteousness. And and this 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 fruit of uh, I mean this root of the righteous yields fruit, and 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 that's the strength and the stability of the righteous man is the fruit that he yields, and that's what he desires. He desires to yield to yield the fruit of the Lord, to yield the, the righteous fruit, to do good. And to be anchored and established in doing good. That's what I. That's what a man who's truly righteous loves the Lord. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to backslide. He doesn't want to uh, get uh, get wane in his love for the Lord. No, he wants to grow. He wants to mature. He wants to be more stable. And again, it's just the opposite of the wicked. The wicked wants to be a better criminal. But the but the one who knows the Lord, the one who's truly saved by the grace of God, the one who has the Spirit of God stirring within their heart, they want to produce things for the Lord. They want to yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. They want to be a blessing to others. They want to be a benefit to others. They want to glorify God with their life. The wicked only wants a net where he can fish for himself, but the righteous wants to be able to provide fish for everybody. The righteous wants to be able to, his life to be a blessing for others, not just himself. Romans 14.6 says, He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he, that, for he giveth God thanks, for he that eateth not to the Lord he eateth not, he giveth not. He, and that didn't make good sense to me. Let me try that again, okay? It says, He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. So what that verse is simply saying is when somebody is, is has that root of righteousness in them, everything in them is to yield fruit unto the Lord. Their life is to give glory. Their life is to, to magnify the Lord. The man who doesn't, he's not going to care about such as that. All right, verse verse 13. Let's keep going. The Bible says there in verse 13, the wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips. 
but the just shall come out of trouble. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips. What a wicked man says is going to eventually get him in trouble. And it'll become a snare. He gets trapped in again. You know, the Bible it's kind of interesting. The Bible tells us that we're going to be held, we're going to be called into account for every idle word. But it seems like the wicked man's going to catch up to it down here before he catches up to it up yonder because he's going to get snared in his own words. A man, Adam Clark said, a man who deals in lies and false promises will sooner or later be found out to his own ruin. There's another proverb as true as this. says, a liar hath need of a good memory. For as the truth is not in him, he says and unsays and often contradicts himself. And that's the thing. Uh, again, a wicked man, he's going to get caught in his own words. He gets snared by the transgression of his lips because, again, you tell a lie here, you tell a lie here, pretty soon you forgot what lie you told, and, and then you're a mess. You got, yeah, you got to keep a notebook in your pocket to keep up with everything you said because <laughs> it, it, that's what will catch you. It's trying, it's trying to be too coy with everybody. <clears throat> Wicked entangles himself in trouble by their foolishness when God in his justice leaves them to themselves. You know, they ain't got God's help. They're snared by the things that they've said, and they cut their own throat with their own tongue. Um, the wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. See, it's the wisdom that God gives that gives us enough sense to get out of the trouble instead of staying in it. You know, The just, the Bible says the just shall come out of trouble. The just come out of the troubles. I mean, listen, I don't know anybody who's saved that wants to stay in their troubles. No. We're, we're crying out to God for help. And, but the wicked, listen, the wicked, they don't, think, they don't think to ask God. No, they just throw themselves headlong into it and hope for the best. But praise God, you know, if you're saved, you've got enough sense to go to God. But, um, you know, the just may, you know, it says here that the just shall come out of trouble. So it hints out, hints to us that the just are going to come into trouble. You know, that's the thing people need to realize. I know people, especially people who haven't been saved very long, they get the idea that, you know, once you get saved a lot of times, hey, you won't have any more troubles. That's, that's just not the case, and we know that. Listen, you, you were running with the devil until you got saved, and now you're butting heads with him because y'all are going opposite directions. So, you know, you're going to come into trouble. You're going to have trouble. This life's full of trouble. Man, days are few and full of trouble, the Bible says. But the thing is, even though you fall down, the Bible says you won't be utterly cast down. No. The Bible, the Bible tells us in, in, in Psalm uh, 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Again, it's not a life, carefree life once you get saved. No, you're still going to have afflictions in life. But the Bible says the Lord delivereth them, delivereth him out of them all. So, again... We're going to go into troubles, but praise God, we come out of them. That's one thing, you know, there's a song somebody wrote I heard years ago. It says, it didn't come to be, it came to pass. I love that phrase, it came to pass. Hallelujah. I've been through some seasons in my life where uh, they couldn't pass fast enough, but praise God, they did. And I can look back on it and, learn, and see the things that, that God taught me while I was going through those trials and going through those troubles. I, I didn't have to stay in them, that he brought me out of it. Praise God for his mercy, because he will deliver you out of your troubles. We just got to we just got to remember to holler to him for help. Verse 14, it says, A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. <clears throat> a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Now, this is, what this is saying is that good words produce good results. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. That by the good things that come out of our mouths are going to be good for us, is what, what this verse is trying to say. That the things that we speak, the things of God, uh, in, in our trying to help and minister to others, 
They satisfy us in the process. It's, it's telling us that we'll have a present comfort by the fruit of our mouth. Let me see if I can make sense of this to you. When we speak godly wisdom to other people, when we come across others that have needs, when, when we have to encourage somebody in the Lord, when we speak that godly wisdom, it has the same effect on the speaker as it does the hearer. Now you say, well, now how could that possibly? I already knew that stuff. I was telling them so they could know it. But it's hearing yourself say it. You're speaking it, and you're hearing yourself say it. it it's kind of like, it's kind of like you know, if the city runs a water pipe out to where you're building the house, and you know, that water's spigot, you can fill a bucket up and get it full of water. But you know, that water pipe between the between where the city where the city ran from the road, it's getting just as wet as your bucket. The conduit that the water flows through gets just as wet as where it's going to its destination. And when we have the power of God, the words of God, the wisdom of God flowing through us to somebody else, that the word of God, it, it, it blesses us in the process just like it does to hear. The preacher, I get blessed when I'm preaching just like you do when, when you hear the word of God. I, I get blessed preaching it. So, you know, that's, that's what the Bible's trying to tell us. We're, 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 the good that comes from the fruit of our, our lips, it's, blessing, it's a blessing to us too. And... Uh, 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 9, verse 8. The Bible says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Listen, if he's ministering that, again, if he's ministering that grace through you, you're still getting it. It's still coming through you. Everything that God uses you to do is a blessing to you as well as the one you're blessing, that you're blessing. I can tell you, for example, if you lead somebody to Jesus, whoo, you talk about a blessing. When you see somebody bow their head and trust Christ and, and see them rejoicing that they got saved, you talk about something that will thrill your soul. I don't know how many of you have ever led to Jesus, if you've ever led anybody to Jesus. But if you ever have, you know what I'm talking about, and you know what I'm saying is true. There is nothing as close to your own salvation as leading somebody to Jesus. It's right there. Amen. It's right up there with leading somebody, uh, with your own salvation. Um, the second half of that verse, it says, the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. The first part said a man should be satisfied with the good of, by the fruit of his mouth. So it's not just his words, but it's his works as well. The recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. So again, not just our words, uh, by our good works will we be abundantly rewarded. Uh, the, 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 the recompense of a man's hand for all his work and his labor of love, all he's done for the glory of God, the good of his generation will be rendered unto him, and he'll reap what he has sown. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. God, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't miss the things that we do for him. And the Bible tells us that, that, we, that we're going to be blessed as a result of it. God's going to pay us back. God is going, you know, God pays back better than anybody down here. You, you serve God. Listen, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who do for him that, that want to serve him. And listen, it, we need to understand it's, it's a general rule of God's justice. Romans 2, 6 says that God will render to every man according to his deeds. And if you want to get busy for God, you'll see God's blessings begin to pour into your life. If you want to sit back and do little for God, you'll see a trickle of God's blessings in your life. But whatever, listen, if you want to speak up for God and start speaking for God, God will start pouring blessings into your life. But it, it, it's going to come in accordance to the amount that you allow him to use you. Verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And we just run into that idea all, all over the place. I'll ever, Sunday morning, uh, Sunday, Sunday school, Sunday morning message, Sunday night message, and now we're hitting it on Wednesday night. It must be a theme. God must be trying to say something that... that that we need to be careful that we're not doing things that we think are right, that God's word says are wrong. But 
the way of a fool, the Bible says, is right in his own eyes. And I don't know, know that any of us in here would fall under the category of fools, but, but we need to be careful. We need to be careful that our lives honor the Lord. We need to be careful that we don't just do things regardless of what God's Word says. But this verse is telling us that the way of a fool is the way of death. And unfortunately, fools are incapable of seeing the problem with their lives that everybody else can see. You know, people that are proud, they don't know they're proud. They really don't. People that are people that are that are selfish, they generally don't even know they're selfish. You know, we usually think, we usually can't see the sin in ourselves. But but if, say, if somebody's got a problem with being really selfish, they're usually the kind of person that'll point out selfishness in everybody else. Or if they got if they're a proud person, smug and arrogant, they usually get really irritated at the arrogance in other people. Usually, we usually hate in others what we have in ourselves that we can't stand about ourselves. But but the Bible says that that, that a, a fool thinks he's okay. He thinks he's right. You know, Proverbs three seven says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. But usually again, why are we wise in our own eyes? Because we, we like our sin and we, we want to continue on in our sin and we think we're okay and God should be okay and wink at our sin. Proverbs twenty six twelve says, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? He thinks he knows what he's doing. The Bible says more hope for a fool than of him. Because when a man again, when, he, when a man gets his mind made up and he's convinced that he's right, you can't confuse him with the truth or the facts. Because again, that's just I, I mean, I, that's the way I see it, so that's the way it is. But the Bible calls that a fool. Proverbs twenty six sixteen says the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. So he's a lazy man. He, he said, hey, I know what I'm doing. No, you don't tell me what to do. I, I'll get ready. I do it when I get ready to do it. You, don't, you know, again, can't see that needs to hurry up and take care of business because he can't see past his own opinion. And that's a dangerous thing. We need to be sure that our own opinion, our own opinion doesn't supersede what God's Word says. Because if we do, we're, if, it, if it does, we're, we're standing on dangerous ground. Again, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Second half says, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. <clears throat> the wise are not convinced that they have all the answers yet. If you're smart, that's where you're at. If you're smart, you realize you ain't figured it all out yet. So those that are wise are willing they're willing to step back and watch. They're willing to, 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 to close their mouths and listen and learn. And they gather wisdom from the successes and the failures of others around them. You know, I don't know why it is that young people, when they're in their teenage years, can't look and say, hey, these people have lived longer than me. They, they, well, they, 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 some of them have really busted their backsides. They've hit their heads against the wall a lot of times. And, 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 you know, they may have learned a few things. I probably should go to them and find out how to live. That don't happen, though, does it? No, because usually kids ain't got enough sense to come in out of the rain and blow fuzz off a peanut, you know, or water out of a rubber boot. They just uh, just go, i got to find out for myself. You know, again, the way of a fool is, is right in his own eyes. The Bible says you got to hearken to counsel. you got to listen. Uh, the wise, again, the wise listen. They, again, they, they watch and they learn. But in order to learn like that, you've got to have humility. You've got to be empty of pride. You've got to realize you haven't learned it all. You don't know it all. You know what the greatest thing an older person can do is realize they don't know it all either. I know that for sure. The older you've heard the saying, the older I get, the more I know. I've learned that I don't know anything. You know, I, that's what I figured out. I, I don't know nothing. All I, you know what? All I know is what's in this book right here, and and I'm gonna trust it. The rest of it, your guess is good as mine. Amen. We're just gonna make it. We're gonna make it by the word of God. That's the, that's the way we're gonna make it. Cause I sure ain't got. We sure ain't gonna figure it out by this world sense. That's for sure. Proverbs twelve one says, "Whoso loveth instruction." I, I, I haven't met too many people like that, but you know they're they're probably some of the some of the most well adjusted people in this world. The person that loves instruction. 
the person that loves instruction loveth knowledge. Because if you want to be taught, you can be taught. If you want to learn, you can learn. You know, especially in this day and time that we live in, there's no excuse for anybody not to learn. You know, when we when I was growing up, you know, there were there was books you'd have to go to the library to check out, but anymore, anybody just all you gotta do is pick up their phone, they find out anything in the whole wide world just about it's right there at their fingertips if they want to learn. And the Word of God, is, you know, it's easy. You can get it on there, too. You, the Bible's everywhere. It's pretty simple. Anybody who wants to learn could learn. There's a lot of people in this world that want to learn. They already figured it out. Don't need to know nothing. Verse 16, we're almost done. A fool's wrath, presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. This proverb's about self-control. <clears throat> it says a fool's wrath is presently known. It's similar in principle to proverbs about silence, about keeping your tongue. Proverbs ten fourteen says, "Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction." Wise men lay up knowledge. That means they figured out some things, and not going to tell everybody everything they learned. Because they got some, they got some knowledge that they've gained, and it's going to benefit them. So you know, again, you tell everybody all your secrets, you got no secrets left. You know, and my daddy always told me when I was a kid, he said, "Boy, you tell everybody everything you know, and they're, and they're bored with you." He said, "You lose your mystique. You got to keep something to yourself. Don't tell everybody everything. They get uh, again. You, you lost. They, they've lost anything interesting about you. What is there more to talk to you about? They're tired of." Them. And I don't know if he's totally right about that, but I think there's some truth in that. Because, again, this, this proverb is, is saying there's a time to keep your mouth shut. And Proverbs 17, 27 and 28 says, He that hath knowledge spareth his words. He doesn't just blab his mouth and run his mouth. He that hath knowledge spareth his, his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, the Bible says, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. Old fellow may be dumb as a box of rocks. He may be a total idiot, but he keeps his mouth shut. Everybody in the room thinks, he's not a pretty good boy to me. Don't know because I ain't heard nothing out of his mouth, you see. That's what the Bible's saying. When you hold your mouth, when you keep your mouth shut, everybody can't figure you out. He that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Now, he may open his mouth and say, like a total idiot. But, hey, up until that point, everybody thought he had some sense. So God's saying it's a time to keep your mouth shut. There's a benefit in keeping your mouth shut and not letting everybody, especially your adversary, know how upset you are. You see there it says a fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covers shame. See that... There's no advantage to blowing your top. What advantage is it? And I know somebody may say, well, if, some, if somebody come to me, I'd I holler at them and carry on. Yeah, I'll, I'll bluff them. I'll intimidate them. What I've usually come find out is in life is that the one who's quiet is the one you better watch out for. It ain't the one who's blowing off the smoke because they're blowing off the smoke because it's like, it's like a bear coming up on you. You make yourself look big. You know, that's what they say. If you ever encounter a bear, make yourself look as big as you can. Well, that's what those folks are running their mouth all the time. They're trying to make themselves sound as big as they can. Uh, but God's telling us here that it's better to just keep your mouth shut. It, again, because you'll never have an advantage by signaling your emotions and letting people know that you're all that you're all bent out of shape. The Bible says in the second half of that verse, but the prudent man covereth shame. The prudence in this verse is the ability to regulate your emotions for your own advantage. So being able to do that is a good thing. And this is a good thing to remember, by the way, when you're speaking to somebody in authority, such as a judge or a police officer, not to run your mouth. I tell you what, the Internet is so full of people these days that want to get smart with a cop. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's like everybody all of a sudden has become the expert on law and they just want to run their mouth to police officers. But you know those videos you usually wind up, they don't usually end up good for that person that runs their mouth constantly. Uh, usually they get sick of it and, and, and something bad ends up happening. And 
you know, we need to be careful with our words, again. And, you know, one reason to remember that is because we're believers. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're, we're a child of God. This world is watching us. We're living epistles read by men. So we need to be careful the way we talk. We need to be careful the way we let our attitude get away from us, our temper flare up, our mouth get a little bit cocky. Because, again, people people know – people. People have heard that you're saved. People have heard you're a believer. People have heard you go to church. We need to be careful that we're not dishonoring the Lord by running our mouth. Uh, a prudent man covereth shame. In other words, keeping keeping control of your emotions does a world of good for for your reputation and your testimony. Verse seventeen. I got I got time for one or two more. But he he that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness. But a false witness forth righteousness. Wise persons speak words that are grounded in truth and reality. And because of that, as a result of that, their speech is just. Uh, Proverbs fourteen twenty five, the first half of that says, A true witness delivereth souls. And you look at that, you know, word witness seems to bring up the idea of a courtroom in my mind. And it says a true witness delivereth souls. So if, if someone's on trial for committing a crime and there's a witness who saw that it was somebody else and that that witness comes in and, and testifies, you know, before the, the courtroom, before the judge, before the, the jury and testifies that it was not that person, then they're going to deliver them from the penalty of, of law. And just the same way, the Bible says true witness delivereth soul. A true witness who knows that Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for sin and, and has, a, has the way for, for a sinner to, to be free from his sin and be, and be saved forevermore, that true witness is going to deliver that soul from death. The Bible says, He that tr- speaketh truth speaketh forth righteousness. The truth is that Jesus Christ died for sinners. That's speaking forth righteousness. And that's what a just person is supposed to do. The Bible says a false witness, which is the opposite of that. And by the way, a false witness, a false witness that speaketh deceit, that's one of the seven things that are an abomination to God. Proverbs 6, 19 says a false witness that speaketh lies. You know, there's a lot of those in pulpits. There's a lot of false witnesses. There's a lot of people that, that, that will tell you that there's other ways to God than through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's, there's a lot of them that will tell you all kinds of, of lies and sell false doctrine. But you know, the Bible says if you know the truth, it'll set you free. Amen. False witness speaks deceit, but but if you know the truth, it'll set you free. The other half of that verse, that Proverbs 14.25, it, it says... It says, but a false witness will utter lies. False witness will utter lies. False witness is damning souls to hell. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 14, 20, uh, that's 25. It says, uh, okay, yeah, a true witness delivers souls, but a, a deceitful witness speaketh lies. <clears throat> Again, anybody who's telling any thing other than the, the true gospel that, that it's by the blood, it ain't by water, it's by the blood. It ain't by speaking in tongues, it's by the blood. It ain't by church membership, it's by the blood. It ain't by a good Christian life, it's by the blood. And anybody that says it's anything else is a liar and is dragging men and women and boys and girls down to hell, period. And the Bible says a false witness shall not be unpunished. He that speaketh lies shall perish. i tell you right now, I, I, I wouldn't trade all the money in the world for somebody, I mean, to have to stand someday before the Lord Jesus Christ on my knees and, and know that I told lies and told people that you can go to heaven some other way. I, I, I can't imagine what that's going to be like for the false preacher who spent their entire life fleecing the congregation for monetary gain and told them lies and sent them to hell. I can't imagine. That's all over our nation. It happens everywhere. Verse 18, we'll close with this one. 
Verse 18 says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. <clears throat> there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. You know, I hate when I'm somewhere like standing standing in a store or, or at a gas station or, or somewhere out in public and I'm around people and I, I don't know them and all of a sudden they start talking and next thing you know they just drop in F-bombs and, and GD this. And boy, I'm telling tell you right now, it, it does something to me. It makes me want to turn wrong side out. I can't stand to be trying to watch a video or something and somebody on there just dropping curse words one after another. It just gets all up on me. I can't stand to listen to that. I mean, listen, I used to talk like that before I got right with God, but I don't want to talk like that anymore. Amen. I don't want to hear that kind of garbage going into my ears. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. It just stabs me right in my soul to hear somebody talk filthy. I don't like to hear somebody talking trash about somebody else either. I don't want to hear somebody gossiping about somebody else and running somebody else down either. All of those things fall beneath this heading of speaking like the piercings of a sword. You know, words can cause greater wounds than fist kills. You can destroy somebody. I, I mean, listen, these people that took their life because of what somebody else said to them. <clears throat> You know, I think, I, think, I think God would have us to keep our words at a minimum. And, and the reason I say that is because of the scripture in here. Proverbs 13, 3, which says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Again, there's safety in a minimum of words. Somebody that just wants to run their head constantly, they're going to end up saying something that they shouldn't say. If you like to talk just to hear the sound of your own voice, I used to be one of them kind of people. Praise God I'm not anymore. I've learned to keep my mouth shut. But it took a long time. But but praise God, I thank God he's helped me with that. But persons who can't quit running their mouth, they're going to end up saying things that they shouldn't say. Proverbs thirteen sixteen says, Every prudent man, again, that's a, that's a man that's careful, if a prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. Again, a fool tells everything he knows. He ain't got a secret. He ain't got a secret in his bag. He's gonna tell everybody everything he knows. And and again, but the prudent man, the Bible says, he, he's smarter smarter than that. He he knows when to talk and when not to talk, when to say something, when the right time, when the appropriate time, and when not to. But there's that one that can't keep the mouth shut. There's that one that can't quit aggravating. Again, some people can talk and it's just great on your nerves because they can't shut up. And I think God's speaking about some of those. But the last part of it says, but the tongue of the wise is health. Again, just just the contrast, just the opposite of what that one who won't shut up, they just degrade on you. They Again, they, they, they're trying, they're taxing on you, uh, just hearing their voice and hearing the things come out of their mouth how that can wear you down and beat you down. The opposite of that is true about somebody that speaks the word of God. They'll lift you up. They'll encourage you. Uh, the, the, their words can, can take you from having a worse day to having a good day because they, they spoke life into you. The Bible says life and death are in the, the power of life and death are in the tongue. The tongue of the wise is health. Uh, those are words that are curing and healing. And they're able to repair the wounds that are caused by scorning, lying, a backbiting tongue. Let me share these few scriptures and we'll go to the house. Proverbs 10, 20 and 21. The Bible says the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. I think I know why that's in there. I think Mama knows why that's in there. What's that thing you got at the house? That generator? What's it make? Makes colloidal silver, doesn't it? Colloidal silver, what is it? It's an antibiotic. 
It's healing. God just kind of brought that to my, my thoughts today when I was studying this. The tongue of the just is its choice silver. Again, silver is antibiotic. It's healing. And the tongue of the just is healing. Uh, listen, when somebody speaks the word of God, they're, 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 they're anointing that person with, with healing words. Just like, again, that, cho- that choice silver can be healing in its property. And then the second verse there, verse 21, says, The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Just the words of the just, the words of the wise, the tongue of the wise, again, healing words. But the Bible says they'll feed many. They're nourishing. They, again, they uplift somebody who's weak. You know, again, healing and nourishing words. That's what God would have us to be speaking. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. It said, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I was reading about honeycomb before I left come over here. You know, it's besides being delicious, packed with vitamins, and it's good for your heart, healing to your heart, healing to your blood. God's word's pretty smart. It knows about all that kind of stuff. Long before science has figured that out. Amen? Sweet to the soul, nourishes you, and it's healing to your bones. Amen? Let's be sure our words are good words, godly words. Let's make sure that we're speaking words of righteousness and not words of cursing, words of, of uh, foolishness. Let's stand together. Let's go to the Lord of Prayer tonight and ask you to take what we've learned tonight and bless it and help us to use it and to share these things with other people. And let's remember all the prayer needs and have all the requests. All the folks that are going through things, it's the same way for everything's piled up at once. A lot of people, a lot of help needs, uh, a lot of other needs. Let's, just, let's go to God because God has a God's able to fix it. God's able to the great healing and good comfort and all the things. And let's just go to Him. Let's ask Him to meet those needs. But they don't shift us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.